Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza, joined by Matt Harmon and producer Brett. And um, August is quickly passing us by. It is almost September, which means it is almost regular season football time. Are you excited, Matt? I am excited, I think, for the games to actually start and to matter. Preseason football is always like, you know, it's like, ah, cool. You're seeing players out there in pads and like the pageantry is similar. But after about first quarter oh i mean maybe like two minutes i'm I'm still in the first quarter i mean but it's don't you feel like this year is different as in it seems to me like a lot of teams are playing their guys less and less which doesn't make it i mean no actually because I, i was on the ross tucker fantasy feast podcast earlier today and he was mentioning how surprised he was to see taylor lewan who suspended for the first month of the season out playing that's interesting ahead of marcus Mariota this past week so i think that there have been some surprises and i also feel like there's a lot of like roster bubble guys that I want to see doing things this year. But I mean, I'm paying attention. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's definitely, there's a distinction between some different teams in the league that are really dialing back this preseason and and some that are really all the way out there, you know, playing, playing their guys. And and it's just different team to team, but it's definitely interesting to see some guys like that are on the roster bubble that are actually out there. Um, And, you know, it's always cool to see guys that we study as college prospects, like actually out there. You know, mm-hmm. Miles Boykin running with both quarterbacks for Baltimore has me interested. Um, players like that, you know, that we spend a lot of time with in the college football in the draft season that you know, more than likely, I'm not saying Boykin's one of these guys, but more than likely, you know, don't ever end up making an NFL impact. This is really the only time to see them in preseason. Sure. For now. Are you excited at the prospect of seeing Josh Gordon back? You know, a little bit, a little, a little bit, bit, a little bit, hmm. a little bit in years past. I don't know. I've gone through such a, diff- a cycle with the Josh Gordon thing. Like, I'm not like Brad, whereas like, I'm going to, you know, I'm ready to, to rip a shot every single time his name is in the news. Other times, you know, when <laughs> it, it does feel like one of the strangest sagas of all time. I didn't think we were really going to be talking about Josh Gordon this year, but here we are. And there were some signs that this could be coming. Like the fact that the Patriots kept him. Kept him. Right. Like and Maybe and, that's a team and a franchise and an ownership that knows, has some inroads, perhaps, knows a little something. Yeah. And the team, too, not only kept him, but I think Brady, like, threw with him a little bit this yeah, offseason. Yeah, out. Which, which, is that kosher? Like, I thought when you're suspended, you can't have any contact with the team. But I don't know if that, I don't know off the top of my head, so you can feel free Didn't, to. Isn't Belichick someone who said there's a very fine line between innovation and cheating? I don't know if he ever directly said that, but uh, if he did, Let's it makes a lot of sense. Let's attribute that quote to him. It makes a lot of sense. Hey, yeah. sure, why not? We can attribute whatever we want. This is our podcast. I'm I'm interested. Did you, like, where did you slot him in your rankings? Like? Uh, he is my wide receiver 28, just between your boy, Curtis Samuel, and Elshon Jeffrey. So I do think he has top 30 potential. Potential is obviously the giant elephant in the room sized word uh, in there so so if you guys haven't heard he's been in state he's been reinstated the pats put him on the nfi list um quick stat which i pulled off of twitter from pro football focus in the short time together the brady to gordon connection resulted in 11.3 ypa which is the best mark by a brady to receiver duo in the pff era beating out combinations like brady to gronk and brady to randy moss so there's obviously something there. Well, I mean, we've been talking for months now, like, 
who the hell is going to catch passes? I know. R.I.P. Mo Harris. That was a fun little fling. Yeah. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is still out there. You're talking about different preseason player. Different guy. Different kind of player, though. Yeah. To- oh, totally different That's kind not, of player. Yeah. But he's still out there doing stuff in the preseason. Nikhil Harry has had a up and down camp, at least by most accounts. Yeah, really. You know, I know you don't like him all that much, and and I think that you. He's total. He's a total confirmation bias player this off season, right? Because I, I think I'm kind of middle ground on him. But like, if you middle ground, middle ground. I thought you said middle ground, <laughs> which was cute, like neat and middle. Yeah, it's, middle it's ground. like you know, somewhere in the middle, and it's kind. I think he's <laughs> neat. neat. He's got a neat skill set. Middle right? ground. That's a. That's a. That's a like. Maybe sometime during draft season when we're like talking about players, like I think his skill set is neat. It's like, I don't really think he's that good, but it's neat. Um, I have to keep that one saved away. Oh, but, you're welcome. Uh, I think that, like, you could read into camp reports where he was really struggling. I heard from some people that he was just straight up buried on the depth chart, wasn't going to make any impact. But then you saw him go out there and make some nice catches in preseason. So total confirmation by his player. But then he gets hurt anyways. And so I really don't think he's going to make much of an impact in year one. There's a lot of opportunity in this Patriots passing offense. So, yeah, I mean, we Give know me Josh. target total. If I he plays him, all 16. I had him at 97. So I wrote between 90 and 100 yeah. targets. Well, you said you had him at, at wide receiver 28. 28. I have him at wide receiver 27 in the same tier as Christian, I mean, as Curtis Samuel and Alshon Jeffrey. So we're right on the same page, which judging by a lot of people that I've seen out there, that's about where he's slotting in for most people is somewhere between wide receiver 25 and wide receiver 33 uh, around there. So, yeah, I don't know. I saw someone in a best ball draft today take him in the third round. Stop it. Like, that's, Stop that's it. a little much. That's a little much considering. I love it. Actually, you know what? I love that guy. That guy is my fantasy mascot. Go for it. Go for it. I mean, sure. It's 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 an aggra- I I really think that he slots in perfectly with with that type of area, but not in the third round. That's a lot. Did you? How many tiers did you do for quarterbacks? Out of curiosity, five. Uh, well, I have six tiers, and then one uh, one player in tier seven all by himself. Did Case Keenum make any of those tiers? <laughs> well, I technically had Dwayne Haskins at QB thirty one in tier six, but I mean that could just be. Washington QB, like whoever that okay, is. So, so the only person they were ranked ahead of is Eli Manning, because like, give me a break. <laughs> so let's let's don't let Eli abscond with this because we want to talk about Washington, the other NFC, oh, uh, one other NFC East team. I know y'all don't care. I personally feel fantastic about the fact that Case Keenum is likely to start Week One, and Dwayne Haskins, that statue of a player. We're going to see him. Like, there's no doubt we're going to see him. Case will mess this up, but he's not going to be seen <laughs> week one. I can promise you that. And I also want to add that the reason this is important, sometimes you have flag players, right? And sometimes you have takes that you stick with. And sometimes maybe it looks like it's working out. I don't want to do a preseason victory lap because that is uh, paradoxical in itself. But you have a take like Dante Moncrief, maybe you feel good about that one in August, right? You have a take like Trey Quinn, <laughs> Back in April, and you're like, I don't really know if this one's going to stick. But when you find out that Case Keenum is going to be the starter, a guy who has averaged 3.7 air yards per attempt, you know for damn sure Trey Quinn is going to back his way into a couple of good looks. Especially with the fact that Washington can't pass protect because they've pissed off their franchise left tackle. Flowers ain't going to fix that. Oh, my God. Like... Did you see what I did in there? Yeah, yeah. That was good. You're on a roll so far, but I also can't get past the fact that uh, Eric Flowers is like... The human turnstile? Well, he's like terrible, and Washington has somehow put themselves in this situation with a scattershot back, or veteran quarterback and then a rookie quarterback who we said is a statue, and now Eric Flowers is likely the blindside protector. God, what an awful, what an so awful So that awful does franchise. mean he's going to have to get the ball out real fast. So Chris Thompson, breakout season? I mean, I don't think he's going to stay healthy. Trey Quinn was banged all. So he was Mr. Irrelevant in 2018. Missed all, all, almost all of last year uh, with an ankle issue. So it's not like he's a wildly durable guy. He had a little bit of a thumb issue, but he is back at practice. And, you know, he did some stuff at SMU. He was only really, you know, there for one, but he's big. He's one of those beefier slot fire plug type guys. Yeah. You know, I like those fire plugs. Um, and Gruden has called him fearless, tough. Uh, he reeled in 114 receptions during his final and only year at SMU. So I, I think, and he did that because, and this is important. So we've heard some Terry McLaurin heat. I don't think Josh Doxson is happening yet again. <sighs> no. But Quinn was able to reel in all of those catches 
when defenses were focused in on Cortland Sutton, right? Mm -hmm. The middle became very soft. So I think you've got a soft middle here, which is why I like him much more than Chris Thompson. And you also have an urgency that the quarterback is going to feel. And you have at least a starting quarterback who is going to want to spit that out and spit the ball out, that out, whatever, rather quickly. All of those lead me to believe that Trey Quinn may not be the sexiest pick ever. He's not going to get much goal line exposure, but... Here's the crazy thing. We You talked last week about Jamison Crowder and how, like, don't mess with it. Like, yeah, he had a good preseason game, but those guys are going to cannibalize each other. Yet Crowder, I mean, Trey Quinn is basically Crowder 2.0, right? So Crowder is going in the 12th round. Don't f*** with Crowder in the 12th round. Give me John Brown. Give me Devin Funches. Give me, um, give me Mark Andrews around that same spot. Players then, with actual ceilings. Right. And then if you really, really want to get a PPR pinball dynamo who is basically free, don't even draft a kicker. Throw in Trey Quinn at your last pick. And then ahead of week one, like on September 4th or 5th or whatever, drop whoever needs to be dropped and then uh, roster your kicker. I like that a lot. I have Trey Quinn in my final tier of receivers, but uh, I think that you're... (laughs) Well, you draft him in the final spots. Yeah, the final rounds. I mean, like, especially best ball drafts. I've drafted a decent amount of Trey Quinn in the final few rounds. You know who I... Similar player I like just a little bit better? Hunter Renfro. Not Spencer Snow. Oh, sure. Hunter Renfro in Oakland, who looks like rookie receiver is going to win the slot receiver job. Another quarterback that likes to spit it. Your boy Daniel Jeremiah loved him. Yeah. Coming out of my favorite event, the Senior Bowl. Yes. (laughs) You and Dave Gettleman. (laughs) (laughs) No no one is crushing Senior Bowl tape like Liz Loza and Mr. Dave Gettleman. Listen, if you are sponsored by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, you got my attention. Well, you know I don't really care for peanut butter. I didn't, I forgot about that. It's, it's an true. easy thing to forget about. Um, but I like both of those two guys. It's like they're much cheaper. They're, I think you, like that's a great point, Liz, is that I think you're getting very similar production with guys like Jamison Crowder as to these two goofballs and like they're available much later. So you talked about peanut butter, someone who is a little bit chunky but runs creamy. DK Metcalf? What? How was it? How was no, it, no. <laughs> you broke your hot streak. You went you went too far. I don't get it. He's not chunky. He's ripped. But he's got like chunks of muscle on his yeah, body. Yeah, but that, when you, people think about chunks on your body, they're not thinking about muscle. Usually that's implying something Isn't that else. weird though? Because someone chunky is actually too smooth in terms of physique. Hmm. That's a good point. So... Maybe DK Metcalf is more of crunchy peanut butter than uh, he's got the ripples in it. Yeah, in him he, that's what I said. To, yeah. He's crunchy peanut butter, but he runs creamy. Yeah. The, all those go routes that have you considering him as a, or had you considering him a, a potential 10th rounder. Yes. Uh, I think it was Joe Fan, a Seahawks reporter, just, but I think just a few days before the news that we're going to talk about, said that like he clearly expects DK Metcalf to be second on the team in targets. And when you project out this offense, that's pretty much what happens because, like, who are the other receivers here? David Will Moore? Will Disley, baby. I'm, I'm playing. Please don't at me about there's that, some, please. There's some, like, the tight end room there is gross. gross. Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon still kicking around there. Give me a break. I mean, I think that's why that probably all this honking that we're hearing about Chris Carson, the past targets, game, they're yeah. probably saying that because it's like, do we really want to be throwing to some of these receivers? I, I don't think so. Jerron Brown, come on. That's enough of that. So DK Metcalf is going to have surgery on his knee this week. But here's a shocker. Pete Carroll does not. He's optimistic about his outlook. Doesn't expect him to be sidelined too long. Is this affecting or has this affected your ranking of DK at all? Well, he wasn't. He's a guy that like I'd started to warm to um, because of that volume. But I mean, he's not a guy. He's in my like already a raw guy. Yeah, he's in my. Yeah. And and also, yeah, I think someone did tweet me with the nickname PD Sunshine this weekend. I don't know if we were both tagged in that or not. But like, yeah, it's shock that that Pete thinks. Right. He's going to be he's going to be back as expected. Who has knee surgery and then is back like three weeks later? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just a little cleanup, but it is supposed to be just a cleanup or a scope. But even well, I mean. Still, you don't want to, you don't. Also, what are you going to, what people aren't talking about, what are you going to see when you get in there? Remember Sony Michelle? Like, he just had a little cleanup and then they got in there and they were like, oh, oh damn, yeah. you got cartilage floating all over here like it's the, the space station. And oh, by the way, like, injury concerns were part of the reason that pushed he Metcalf quote, to, the, to, the, to the bottom of the second round. So, like, in best ball, let's say best ball, not redraft, because you don't yeah. need to go this deep. Does this make you warm to David Moore at all? No. Why? Because, like, I mean, you I'm only. touchdowns? No, I'm only vaguely interested in. Any of it. 
in any of these ancillary Seattle receivers outside of Tyler Lockett. I mean, like, I was interested in Metcalf as, like, a double-digit round guy if he continued to, like, because ha- it seems like he's had a pretty nice camp. He was inches away watching that game. He was inches away from a couple of big plays in his first preseason game, which is, you know, why you can't just look at the numbers. You've got to, like, actually watch the games. There were a couple of plays where Metcalf was like, but this close to really to break in some big ones. And he's out there working with the ones and everything. It's supposed to be the number two receiver. So at that point, I'm interested, but this kind of throws a wrench into it. So really, I'm looking at the Seattle offense and saying, I'm interested in Russell Wilson to a, to a certain degree. I think he's a back half QB1. I'm very interested in Tyler Lockett, where he goes. I'm interested in the running backs to different to varying degrees. But that's about it. Like, other than that, not a lot here. I do have David Moore in a very deep 14-team auction league. So I'm going to be interested. What'd you pay for him? Like a nickel? A, a dollar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, one dollar. Explosive player. So Andy Reid has been talking up Darwin Thompson. You know what? Let's just talk about Damian Williams for a second. I want to I want to take it back because this is a player I feel like that um, I know I have seesawed over a yeah. bunch. This is I, I think he is the epitome, at least right now, of the running back talent doesn't matter conversation. Yes. I don't find him to be a particularly talented running back. Right. In a vacuum. Sure. But when I look at that offense and I look at the opportunities that Mahomes, Reed, the enemy are able to create. I don't think you need to be talented. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm thinking about, I mean, there have been points where I was drafting him higher and then he gets hurt and there's that hamstring thing and the soft tissue issues. And now I'm worried. And then I see reports about Andy Reid saying like, you know what? We might mess with an RBBC. Like I'm not opposed to it. Saying he had done it before in Philadelphia. So there is a point of reference for it. And then he starts talking up Darwin Thompson. I I don't know. What do you I don't think this conversation is about Darwin Thompson, although I do think that Darwin Thompson might be one of those players who finishes the season in a very different place than he starts it. But since this is draft season, I don't think you really like I'm not messing with handcuffs right now. No, although I did take Darwin Thompson as like a 14th round flyer in a best ball draft. Again, best ball. But if we're I mean, it's redraft season. I know we're supposed to be hyping the best ball product, but like I'm just saying those are the only drafts I'm doing right now. So as a point of reference, oh, you haven't done any regular drafts. uh, I mean, other than I think the Scott Fishbowl was the last one that I did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Listen, I have cut back on leagues. I'm not trying to be in eight leagues anymore. It's not fun. I'm not trying to be in that many either, but I've just had them scheduled. I had one on Sunday. Oh, see, I haven't had any of them yet. I have have them coming up. But you know what? Like tangentially um i have felt that way and then i was in i mean like listen i was a little bit hungover but i was in <laughs> in this had a draft, fun weekend i had a that. great weekend was that what is that hotel again you were at uh the nomad yeah I've in heard, la i've heard good um, things i don't think you'd like it i've heard i'm just saying i've heard it's good way things. out of your bubble oh i'm sure and other things anyway um yeah. so i think that i would say that while we were drafting i was like oh shit I miss this. Like, yeah. I didn't know how much I missed it until I was doing it again. And then all of the, like, feels started to come back. Um, That's good. But it's a good sign. So you are drafting Darwin Thompson. Are you, what are you doing with Damian Harris right now? And I think Damian you too, Williams. I'm sorry, Damian, Damian Williams. I think you too have been up and down on him, right? I, I have been. Because, like, if you're drafting, if you were just getting, you knew you were getting Chiefs RB1 for the entire That's season. It. Yeah. You would be drafting him. I would have him, like, running back five, where I have, in tier two, where I have two players right now, Zeke Elliott and David Johnson. You draft him there. Because you know you're getting a starting running back on an elite offense. And look, Damian Williams, to his credit, we can say he's not a talented runner or whatever, but I thought he did kind of look good, you know, making plays in the pass game, making people miss at the end of last season. Now, that could have just been because he's completely fresh. But is there a little Kenyon Drake here, right? Like oh, the yeah. end of the season, Easily the sample size, be. the data availability is so Easily. small. And I mean, the, you watch those Miami games and he tiptoed like a ballerina. Easily could be. It's also worth noting, speaking of Kenyon Drake, that Damian Williams was the guy that I think, and I'm not, oh, listen, I'm not trying to say that Adam Gase is the perfect evaluator of talent or anything, but that was the guy that they wanted to run out there ahead of Kenyon Drake when Jay Ajayi was booted. Jay Ajayi still what don't it? understand all that. Yeah, I mean, well, Jay Ajayi still doesn't have a team. Uh, Ensure your hotel rooms, folks. <laughs> By the way, Nomad Hotel, if uh, Jay Ajayi is coming to stay, might want to glue some stuff down. Perhaps. Now, I think with Damian Williams, like, I have him in running back tier 
four at, at RB15, along with Fournette, Carrion Johnson, and then I have Williams, and then Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon, and now obviously Melvin Gordon. Is okay, a little... so we are here on the same page. Damian Williams is my RB15 as well. I have him between David Montgomery and. Oh my God, where do you, you have Montgomery that Devonta high? Freeman. Holy hell. I know I started it started to happen. I'm I mean the 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 bears just know what to do to get me back on board. I try to be out, I try to walk away, and then they throw me some bones and sometimes <laughs> they throw me some bones and I and I and I walk it back in. I don't know, I can't I can't quit them. I try. Good. I so mean, where do you have Montgomery? Twenty something? Yeah, I'm at twenty two. Okay. So so fine. I'll do my 17 Sep- between Derrick Henry and Devonta Freeman. I like Devonta Freeman a lot. I actually have Devonta Freeman much higher, which I think we talked about on the right. last podcast with Josh. But, uh, I mean, it sounds like, yeah. We both have Williams the same yeah, place. We're, so. in the, we're in the middle on Williams, and it's tough because the, the, the funny thing is, though, like we're not talking about Carlos Hyde at all. Remember when that was a thing? I don't – Carlos Hyde might not even make this team. Right. That's like that's the, that's the fun part about this is that, you know, back at the beginning of drafts, you know, people like best ball drafts, people like, oh, I gotta worry about Carlos Hyde with Damian Williams. And it might not even be uh, Carlos Hyde that is the guy that, that takes this gig. I mean, it would not surprise me at all, though. Point being, it wouldn't, it should not surprise anybody if no, if by November we're all like, Darwin Thompson right. is an every week start because he's the leader of this backfield. I mean, Williams has such a wide range of outcomes. Like, he's got top five potential because of the offense that he's in. He also has, like, bottom 50 potential because he's... I don't know that we've ever seen something like this, like, just such an unproven player, by and large, going this high in drafts. But I think that makes Darwin Thompson all the more... Yeah, uh, yeah. Sexy, Yeah, I mean, I think that I need to put him up. I mean, would you rather draft, like... Darwin Thompson or mess around with one of the freaking Bucks backs right now. I think I you're yeah, that's a good point. I think I might I might try to roster Darwin Thompson and see if maybe he could even carve out a role for himself earlier as a change of pace option. I mean, the fact that Reed says he's I, I think his pass blocking has been particularly impressive. And that's that what seems they, to be that, yeah. right. And that yeah. seems to be where rookie running backs have trouble finding snaps. And if he's able to do that, then yeah, they're just like picks in the late rounds that you just don't need to make. You're probably going to drop those guys anyway. Uh, yeah, probably. Like, uh, let, me, let me tell you what. You, let me tell you. Let me tell, let me you, tell something. you what. I always say it. You should say something, though. Oh, well, th- that's a different thing. It's like, let me tell you something about you that you don't know. Like, that's when you're really. Uh, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. I'm going to tell. It's. I'm going to tell, tell you. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> What? Uh, <laughs> the, like, there, let me tell you what. Peyton Barber, that's the first guy you're cutting when you need to pick up, like, Darwin Thompson. Because s- Williams has gotten hurt. Or, or, or whatever whatever sexy-ass, like, Devonta Freeman running back from years ago is the hot guy after week one. You know, like, the player that everyone wants. Those Bucks backs, the first ones you're kicking off your team. I mentioned Chris Thompson earlier. Probably the first guy that you're kicking off your team. They're just late-round running back picks like that that – no one, no one. You don't need to. C.J. Anderson, <laughs> fart noise. Like, what's the so point? So let's talk about Justice Hill then, because I think that's another guy. I like Justice similar. Hill. I, just, did I say Justin Hill? You said, well. Did I say Justice? It's Justice. What do I do? Let's go back to the tape. Let's talk about Justice Hill then, because I think. No. So Justice Hill. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. I love when Brett acts. Like, when he's like, hold on a moment. I'm in O2. Let me put on my. You guys couldn't tell. You guys couldn't tell if it was me or Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, maybe, no, you're right. Maybe you're like right. Jake you've got, the fan, you've got the tragedy mask and the comedy yeah. mask. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. So, Justice Hill was a prospect that we both liked yes. in the spring. And his situation is similar to Darwin Thompson's, though I think we'll both agree without a shadow of a doubt, that Mark Ingram is a superior player to Damian Williams. Yes. But there are so many opportunities in the rushing mm-hmm. game here in Baltimore that Justice Hill could potentially, and he looked good in the preseason action, right? Yes. Could carve out maybe a regular role for himself that might keep you from dropping him like Peyton Barber or any of those Bucks backs. Yeah, I mean, that's a late-round pick you should make, is Justice yes. Hill, because— he has both. He has two things you want: upside 
like a, vi- a viable path to upside, not just like theoretical upside, but a viable path to upside. <laughs> what was that voice? I don't know. Just like <laughs> asshat fantasy person. But that was what it was. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what cartoon character you sound like. I don't right know. Now. Sometimes I just go into these voices. I don't know where they come from. Um, I think that maybe you are the actor inside, mm. not just Brett. No. Well, you know, don't all- don't don't get triggered. I went to Juilliard. Did you really? No. Oh. Didn't you just go to like legit clown college? No. <laughs> <laughs> clown college. Definitely um, took a clowning course though. I knew it. <laughs> All right. So anyway. I, really go to a, I could see you as a clown. I'm a sad clown. Oh, not a sad. Hey, you're, you're like, But you're baby. like always smiling. That's what clowns do, Matt. They're sad on the inside. Pagliacci. It's an opera. So you're saying he has dead eyes? Doctor, I am Pagliacci. Come yes. on. You Read a book. They don't do that. What are you people talking? What are we doing? We're talking about Justice Hill. Justice Hill. And his non-theoretical upside, but yes. actual what upside. What kind of peanut butter is Justice Hill while we're while we're on a tangent town? I don't know, man. I think he's Do you remember the kind of peanut butter that was striped? The peanut butter that with, was with like the jelly inside, yes, you because know. Because he's got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Oh. You stir it all together and it's just sweet. Yikes! That makes me like sick to my stomach thinking about that swirl. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, but I, your your analogy is right because he does have the viable, viable path to upside, and also I think he has got a shot at standalone value, which is what you want out of these guys. You don't want to just be drafting pure handcuffs. The 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 guys who actually have some usable work in their future. That's what you want. I think Hill has that because we mentioned this is an offense that wants to run the football. And, it's Mark Ingram that's been saying like just how many different run plays that they have in the playbook. That's appealing. Um, Gus Edwards was saying that too. And I'm like, bro, are you in any of those? <laughs> uh, it's also <laughs> worth noting too, while we're talking about, um, you know, where we're talking about Justice Hill and like ghosts of Ravens running backs past, Kenneth Dixon was the second running back out there. This, it wasn't Justice Hill. I mean, look, I haven't given a shit about Kenneth Dixon in years. I didn't care about him as... I'll still never forget how hyped people were about Kenneth Dixon, like the most random fourth round running back of all time. People, the odometer rating out of LaTeX. People were just, oh, I like. Anyways, I I, don't. We don't need to revisit that. But the point is, it's not totally clear that like it's like Justice Hill is definitely the number two running back on this team. But I think he's a he's a bet worth making because he's an exciting. Because he's Runner. fast and he can catch passes. Yeah. That is why. Like, this fool is going to go around. He can take it to the edge, go up in a way, and up down the, the sideline in a way that Mark Ingram can't anymore at 30-plus years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like him. as a And plus, you would think that they'd want to get his speed and space a little bit. And, like, next to Lamar Jackson, who's still, like— Here we go. The most dynamic runner I think I've seen at quarterback since Michael Vick. Like, you want to get those two— together and i i mean still watching lamar jackson preseason is is it's just getting me more and more excited about his potential because he looks passable as a passer and like again if he's passable as a passer and you add that to his rushing ability if he stays healthy liz uh he will crush in fantasy sure for six weeks i said if he stays healthy sure i put the new i mean did you did you know that he called aaron Rodgers a goat did you see that? That was nowhere that. on social media, by the way. Nobody clipped that out. The uh, the the best part of that clip, though, by far, was definitely RG three right in the in the background as he's as he's like saying, Aaron Rodgers is telling Lamar Get Jackson like, maybe slide a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Robert Griffin's just like. Also, Robert Griffin didn't he tweet a version of that video uh, and then he said himself like RG third wheel. RG, which you know, that's, good. That's good for him. Yeah, self deprecation is nice. Self deprecation is endearing and also like appreciated after you were like Mister, you know, evidence of some personal evolution as yeah. well. I like that. <laughs> we're like all growing. This. We're all moving targets. We are all growing. We are all moving targets. That's a great observation. And also, yeah, I mean, this is the guy who like made an entire campaign coming into his second year. You know that he was all in for week one, and that did not work. Dude, he also had people send him wedding gifts. Like that was the moment I was out on RG three. Was when you let when you let people know your wedding registry. By the way, that marriage didn't last. Shocker. And then you have like a picture of all the Bed Bath and Beyond boxes behind you. No, a little much. No, 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 bro. I still. Although I was at his rookie outing in in New Orleans. That first game. Yeah, I was there. 
went to New Orleans to see it. Sick. I bet that was a blast. I remember that's one of the most fun football games I've ever watched. And I want to make a point on that. I want to just hijack the the show for a second to make a point on that. But before I do that, I would still say as a sports fan and I'm, you know, in my like limited time of being alive on planet Earth and like being a sports fan or whatever, like the RG live long enough, Matt. Yeah. But like, you know, people will. Old, like actual old clowns will come in and say like, oh, but what about this story from the 1950s that was some piss off? I'm talking about stuff that I've like lived through. The, being like a sports fan in Virginia during the RG3 like rise and fall is still one of the most fascinating because every like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It was like a fascinating human interest story. Like he was literal. I mean, like, the guy was literally Jesus walking around D.C. And then he became like trash in the metro, you know. A, a whole year later. But anyways, I want to just take your temperature on something because I know you and I have had different varying opinions. I'm not as high as other people are. You're much lower than I think myself and obviously other people are on this whole experience. But we're talking about RG3's rookie year. And I think one of the themes of that week one was like, oh, shit. We haven't seen we never saw, we didn't see any of this stuff during the preseason. You know, they kept this offense under lock and key. And there's a little bit of panic out there in the streets on one Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray after sure. uh, ugly, ugly week two preseason debut. Now, I said on Twitter, I was like, this reminds me a lot of Cam, Cam Newton's Newton. rookie year, which which inspired about 30 people to remind me that Cam Newton is bigger than Kyler Murray. Thank you. Not the point. But. Cam Newton, of course, during his rookie year preseason looked terrible. Deshaun Watson, his rookie preseason looked terrible. RG3 didn't look quite as bad as those two, but like we didn't see a lot of what we ended up seeing in week one. Where are you at on the whole Kyler Murray experience with kind of this in mind? I mean, I think any this is kind of what the preseason does, right? Like if you don't believe that a rookie head coach in a new scheme with a horrible offensive line and some questionable pieces at receiver are going to be enough to completely change the game for this quarterback that is petite, diminutive, Lil. let's say. Lil. As someone who also is little, like it's okay. <laughs> um, you can still thrive in your field whilst being little. That's true. Um, then, And you saw that preseason game. I think you were like, told ya. Mm-hmm. And then I think, if you continue to be high on him, you just say, it's the preseason, whatever. So, like, I, I haven't changed my take because I don't think a, ch- a take is changeable until we see something, data of real value. Yeah. Preseason, it's tough with, like, an entire offensive unit. Right. Because generally... Like, are you now like, oh, Andy is about FGF? Oh, my God. No, 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 no. You should not be doing that. Um, like, that happened. I mean, well, it has to happen because everybody that like it's, it's what you were saying is like it's confirmation by a season, which is like, yeah, I don't like were, using that phrase. But yes. Why do you not like to use that phrase? Because I think everybody uses it. And then they're like, I said it first. Well, I mean, it's those clowns can F off, too. I mean, there's plenty of people on my radar right now. Right? So, like, we can just keep it there. But uh, those people can get on the radar, too, because, like, give me a break. Like, what are you doing? Confirmation bias. That's a regular-ass term. I think people in fantasy, like, they, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy, like, people start to use these advanced terms like confirmation bias, and then they start to, sm- to the smell their own farts a little bit. And, like, you're not a smart person. Plenty of normal academics would use the phrase and don't, like, get get a, get a half-chub on themselves based off it. I mean, but, smell your own farts and half chub only at the on the yahoo fantasy football podcast <laughs> correct but anyway so it's, it is like people that yeah you're right people that were out on kyler murray are gonna see this and be like yep see told you and i got plenty of those people in my mentions this weekend it was just reminding me i was like god why does anybody ever tweet anything but those people will definitely feel very validated based on one preseason performance other people are saying to wait and it's just tough with the whole offensive unit because typically with individual players you're not really trying to like evaluate how they look in preseason because it can be especially for quarterbacks can be so hard because vanilla defenses you're not totally showing everything as an offense you're not really necessarily looking at individual player performance you want to be looking at usage and deployment but that's tough when it comes to a whole offense it's just a different equation that there's no right or wrong answer to so you're saying that maybe when people are evaluating over evaluating over the preseason they might be making some bad choices hey plenty of people make bad choices us included liz I know, but it's not about us right now. It's about our listeners. It's about you guys. Don't don't make where you play fantasy football a bad life decision, right? Play Yahoo Fantasy Football. Yeah, or else you're making a trash life decision, because and then you're a trash can. 
You don't want to be a trash can, right? No, you you want to use Yahoo because we offer up free, forget that subscription nonsense, we offer up free expert advice and it has the best player experience that'll never be deleted. Yeah, free free advice. You never got to pay a, a damn I cent. Said that already. Oh, oh, you never got to pay a cent to hear Liz Lowe's take. Listen. No, no, no one will pay for that. Listen, you don't have to you don't have to pay any money to hear my advice, but you might have to, but you might, your lineups might be paying for it later. Boom. True story. We have to read this. Hold on. Yahoo offers up free expert advice and at the best player experience and they'll never delete your league history like other apps, even if maybe you want to delete. (laughs) (laughs) Is that really appealing? Because like some of the (laughs) shit I want to forget. And we have all kinds of fantasy games like Best ball, which Matt is just company manning it left and right. My God. Still um, trying to, you know, get a raise off that, but it, they keep giving me pay decreases. Hey, that's not the way you do it. Just FYI. I find that best ball tattoo across your forehead uh, quite a bad decision as well. Yeah. Don't I mean, get, like, don't I, get, I support, I support, you know, let's bring a best ball, but you don't have to go that far. Man. Don't get a face tattoo. Just play uh, fantasy football, best ball on Yahoo, right? Well, Yahoo is the number one rated app by the FSGA, which is the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association. So make better choices. Choose, Choose us. Yahoo. Choose us. Perfect. Yahoo, Yahoo Fantasy, Fantasy Football. Football. Nailed it. So yeah, download that Yahoo Fantasy Football app, play on Yahoo Fantasy, and um, win at stuff like the Arizona Cardinals, who we were just talking about, are hoping to win with a whole new setup. We talked about Kyler Murray. I know that you're still very excited. I also think there's a difference between being excited and wanting to invest in a piece in the office, right? Yeah. Like, I am thoroughly going to watch the Cardinals games and the Ravens games and be like, let's see what happens. But I just don't really feel like buying in right now because there are other pieces I am feel more comfortable investing in. Also, what I find annoying, also, there's a difference between, like, thinking the Cardinals are going to be fantasy good versus being yes. real good. Like, I, I was stunned. Not really. Like, it feels like people have had, you know, sometimes when you get heat for something, and I mean, I'm not getting heat for it, but like people are popping out of the woodwork with all these like Kyler Murray's too short. And, like he's actually bad takes. Like, I feel like they've had those in drafts like since February. And then when it kind of became like no one was really talking about Kyler Murray negatively during draft season, I felt like as much. It's like they've now got their chance to come out there and it's like, see, oh, everyone thought the Cardinals are going to be good. It's like no one thinks the Cardinals are going to be good this year. They have so many roster holes their defense is tragic looking on paper their offensive line is hideous they have like three good players on offense so let's talk about those three players because i think they will have more of a fantasy impact you're talking about david johnson larry fitzgerald and christian kirk yes so have how has the kyler murray experience thus far as small as it's been no pun intended affected (laughs) Your perception of these three players. I will say right now, I'm still high on DJ. Me too. I think Larry Fitzgerald is awesome value buy. I'm going to do it. He's still cheap. And uh, Christian Kirk, I drafted. I mean, if I can get him as like, I, you can get him as a wide receiver three sometimes. Yeah. And like, I'll take that because I think he, in his range of possible outcomes, is top 25. I agree. Um, I have Kirk at wide receiver 29. He's the only one I've been tempted to adjust. Because. Why? Just because, just based on the preseason a little bit with Murray and thinking of the other disastrous end Time of to that, throw? that range of outcomes. Yeah, because he's not going to be, he's the long ball player here. He's not the long ball player like Andy Isabella theoretically is, but like of the, you know, in terms of average depth of target, it's going to go DJ, Larry Fitzgerald, and probably a pretty big gap between him and Christian Kirk for the farthest down the field. So if he's getting pressure a lot, I still think Kirk is a really good player. I still think this offense overall will be productive, or it will be productive, sorry. And I just, I think I might move him down to the bottom of the tier that he's currently in, which would just now put him behind guys like Robbie Anderson, Mike Williams, and Curtis Samuel. Still, but I'm with you on David Johnson. Like so people, where do you have him? He's your wide receiver what? Wide receiver 29. So I have at him at the, wide receiver 30. Yeah, so I'm thinking about just moving him to the bottom of that tier, wide receiver tier 5, which would put him, you know, which would mean that I'm like breaking ties in favor of Samuel Williams and Anderson, guys that are in juicier roles in offenses that are, you know, they're, they're either, either, I think Robbie Anderson is in a juicier role for fantasy I think, and I think all three of them are in stable environment, more stable environments offensively. I understand the stable environment. I guess the part of Kirk that keeps me, um, 
keeping him afloat, like what buoys him is that, yes, Larry Fitzgerald has been an Iron Man, but like all good things come to an end. Yeah. And I worry about him lasting all season and knowing that Kirk is a guy who can do both. And Kirk knows this offense better, too. Like Fitzgerald was the one who came out and said, like, he was so blown away by how much Murray knew this offense. This is similar to what Christian Kirk was doing at like Texas A&M. So he knows how to operate in this system. This and also he was good last year. That's what I think a lot of the sheep out there don't understand is that like when they say who is in this offense other than Larry Fitzgerald, it's like, well, Christian Kirk was good last year. But who's the most multiple player? Oh, of these receivers, it's, it's right? Kirk. So that's why he's within my top thirty. Yeah, because I, I especially um, in an offense that is predicated upon multiplicity. Like I'm, yeah. I'm interested in that. I'm not saying dropping him a whole tier. I'm just saying I'm putting might be putting him at the bottom of the tier that he's currently in, which is a slight, slight adjustment. The so, time to throw is like a legitimate concern. Yeah. Overall, it's just I'm not really changing expectations that much because. I don't have the Cardinals as like one of the 15 most productive offenses in the league. They don't have any ancillary players that I'm interested in whatsoever outside of these three guys. So overall, I wasn't one of the highest people on this offense to begin with. I mean, I still have Murray as now, and that might be something to adjust. Maybe I move Murray down from quarterback eight in a huge tier, like with. Please do. There's a lot of guys Please here. Do, but like, but the point being, like, I don't care. I have. Ben Roethlisberger's QB 15, Jameis Winston at QB 13. I don't give a shit if you take them over Kyler Murray. Like, that's the point of tiering. But I might personally move him down much further on my own list. Can we play a little game of will you, won't you, or either or or something? Sure. Okay. So, David Johnson mm-hmm. or Ezekiel Elliott? David Johnson. Because kn- I'm a little worried about the Zeke stuff. I'm a little worried. Starting had to, to creep, huh? If I had to put, if I had to put my life on the line. I would say he plays week one. But, I hope he stays in Cabo. But if I but if I had to put, you know, my dog's life on the line, <laughs> I, I might be a little more hesitant. Um, Nick Chubb or David Johnson? Oh, see, David Johnson still. Okay. Me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not moving David Johnson from yeah, that was something that a lot of people asked too, like, are you worried about David Johnson now? No, not really, because it he wasn't, still managed top nine production yeah. last year being misused criminally. Yeah, and I don't think he will be misused this, this at season at all. I also think the pace of play is huge. You can mess around with it all you want, but the fact of the matter is going from like the team that ran the 31st most plays to even like the 15th most will be freaking huge for David Johnson, who, as you said, even while playing in a terrible offense, while really not playing all that well himself, still managed top nine production. Just real quick, and the draft I did on Sunday, and I asked this question because I was drafting out of the four spot, and I took, I got Alvin Kamara at the four spot. Love it. Right? <sighs> Super happy. But there was a moment that I was like, oh, no, am I going to end up having to make the DJ Zeke Elliott decision myself? That's a tough one. And then I didn't have to, so. That's nice. You. It's always good when you are worried about a decision you're going to have to make that the decision gets made for you. Absolutely. Especially in a positive manner. Let's talk about things that aren't as positive. I don't really want to talk about Todd Gurley's knee when we're moving through the NFC West here because uh, because I just don't want to, like, I hear arthritic knee in the back of my head and Brad screaming it all the time. hear Brad screaming it, yeah. We we spoke about it last episode. We had a great listener voicemail if people want to check that out on the most recent episode. Yeah, go listen to our other podcast episode. I feel like we haven't spoken about Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I got some wood stakes. You do. And I'll say this, uh, when I put out my tears spreadsheet a lot of people were perturbed that like jared goff i have at qb 17 dig it i have the rams wide receivers the lowest one i have is robert woods at 22 i have cooper cup at 20 and i have brandon cooks at 15 and people are saying how can you have these three receivers that high and have goff that low it's like well really actually math wise which by the way this is a math game it all has to add up at the end it's not that hard to get a quarterback who has stone zero rushing upside to QB 17 while still having these three receivers pretty high when you're not expecting production from any of the ancillary players in this offense. Well, I'm going to ask you because I have Woods 18, so slightly higher than you, but but much lower than than the industry consensus. Where is he? Where is the industry consensus wise? How can anyone have him that, oh, that I guess, high? I mean, I guess for uh, well, some someone has him 12 top. He's top 12. Pianowski has him top 12. Really? Yeah. I have Brandon Cooks 13, hmm. which is bullish, I'll admit. Bullish, but I like it. Also, because I think that 
he is the most stable of these three million percent wide agree. receivers. I know it, but it's not just what his job has been with the Rams. It is what his job has been since he was drafted into the damn league. You know exactly what to do with him. Sean McVay has wanted him for eons. He finally got him. He's averaged over seven targets per game. His number of catches over 20 yards has always been growing every single year. He gets more and more explosive. Robert Woods, on the other hand, had an inflated target volume because Cooper Cup left halfway through the season last year. And so he managed over one t- over one target extra per week, which is not a fair average because if you look at the, you know, it's including all of the weeks the Cooper Cup was also in because he wasn't just the possession receiver that he was supposed to be, but he was moving into the inside and working as a security blanket a little bit. And I also think that if you're any good, you're going to start using Gerald Everett. He's going to absorb some, some looks. And if Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson or one of these guys ends up doing some of the third down pass catching work, in the stead of Todd Gurley, then there's opportunities that are being siphoned away from Robert Woods as well. I, I pretty much completely agree with your take there. Yeah, well, I, God, I mean, that felt good. I, I think that this is a passing game that actually has more questions than we think. I mean, we know that we've heard some talk that they might be running more two tight end sets. Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett are good players. The One of them is good. I think Higby's fine. I think Gerald Everett's much more exciting. But, I mean, Higby's not a net negative out there on the field. He's a complimentary piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's not he's not screwing you over. The thing the thing is that what's nice about this receiver core, and this is the point I'm trying to, I was trying to make to people who were upset about the fact that there's these top three receivers. You're not expecting anything from Josh Reynolds or the other Michael Thomas or whatever on this roster. It's pretty much these top three guys, and that's it. I know that you are – so today our running back breakouts – posted and I went into the doc you hadn't written your piece yet but I did see your name <laughs> yes I, had, I actually had to get a friendly reminder at eight this morning to submit my piece because I forgot to do it last night one of us did it last night but that's yeah. cool I had I had it written last night and then forgot before to copy going, and paste yeah, it in. To do, a little, do a little paste action regardless it's Tavin Coleman yes it is that is a member of this running back group in San Francisco team I want to move to next since I wasn't able to read your take, though I'm assuming <laughs> I have an idea of what it might be. Why don't you let our dear listeners in on it? Well, here's the number one thing, which is like breakout, breakout in fantasy. I'm not interested in people that are like, we need, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about Brad when I say this. Like Brad like thinks we need to clearly define what a breakout is and, and a sleeper is in fantasy. I don't care. I don't care about that. You just do whatever makes you happy making content. Keep, keep catching As a them. linguistics major? semantics are important to me and i agree with matt on this one keep cashing them checks baby i don't care um now the 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 thing is so you're like checks have anything to do with it hey just keep just keep making content keep cashing them checks you know that's all i'm saying but with right running backs this year it is tough to clearly like point out breakout players because like who, who who are like outside of some of the rookies there's not a lot of like clearly defined like breakout running backs that you couldn't argue may have already broken out. Like Marlon Mack, I think, has broken out. Aaron Jones, I think, has broken Joe out. Mixon. Joe Mixon. Well, yeah, Joe Mixon definitely has broken out. You could make an argument that Tevin Coleman has already broken out because he has some top 24 seasons on his resume. And I'm not saying that Tevin Coleman's going to suddenly become like an RB1. But he has broken out of this otherwise muddy backfield or a backfield that yes. looked muddy a couple of days ago. And that's the point you're trying to make. Even like a couple, I mean, I mean just, a couple weeks ago, months ago, whatever. months ago, it was like a clear avoid sort of situation. Yeah. But this backfield, I think much like New England's backfield, if we can get it to like two players, we're money. Like when if we were thinking about splitting this between McKinnon, Coleman, Brita, that's tough, especially because Coleman's the guy who kind of does a little bit of both. Like he's an early down runner, but he also has history as being an explosive receiver. Now McKinnon looks like he's likely going to begin the gear on IR. That's great news for Coleman, who is a Kyle Shanahan guy. The, the Falcons drafted him when Kyle Shanahan was there. Kyle Shanahan pursues him in free agency. All, they pay him, you know, fine running back money, not anything major, but they bring him in here. I think he is going to be the primary pass catching back. And this is an offense under Kyle Shanahan. Like when he calls plays, his offense is average over 1,800 rushing yards a season. So this is a this is a that's group. hot. Yeah, that's, I didn't know that. Yeah, this is good. I mean, I think Breed is still a guy to to put a chip on too because like he's a late round pick that you should make because he has he's not you know he's not a Bucks running back. He has usable he has usable value and a realistic path to upside if Coleman flops or doesn't. Or gets hurt or something like that. So also, I would say probably more exposure to goal line carries than Coleman. Potentially, but there was buzz out of camp that they want Coleman to be well. The, that's the dumb. Goal He's going to hurt himself. He's <laughs> yeah. going to get clothesline real fast. That fool's <laughs> pad level is way too high. 
That's a fair point. I, I think I still think Breed is the best pure runner on the team. Sure. Even when McKinnon's out but there. But what is Kyle Shanahan like? Well, it, it yeah. He likes publicity. The, yeah, for sure. So I, I really like Coleman is like he's he is a guy that goes off the board in the fifth round. And I've said many times on this podcast, the fifth round is where it starts to get gross for running backs. He stands out to me as a pick. I hey, do you think it gets make. gross around the fifth to eighth rounds uh, for running backs, Matt? Well, I, I just said that. I mean, I'm, I just I haven't heard that from well, you. Well, I just said that. Okay. So, I mean, I would think you would have heard it if you were listening to me five seconds ago. I didn't need to listen to you because I've heard it so many goddamn times. Oops, sorry, voicemail listener. Well, to I be did it. to be fair, we have to record fantasy football information all off season. Guess what's not changing very much? Any of Val- takes values. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed my opinion on a lot of things. Um, have you changed your opinion on Jimmy Garoppolo? No, not really. Where uh, do you have him? I have QB sixteen Yo! tier tier four. Same. Nice. QB I feel like I'm I, I am out on an island here. Um, even though he threw five interceptions in practice on Wednesday. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> was throwing picks all last all last training camp. And there were people worrying about it then. How'd that work out? Maybe this isn't a one-to-one comparison, but like give me a break with practice interception counts. So why do you I, I will say why I like him and why I'm not particularly shook. But what about you? This is a productive offense. Nick Mullins was like nine yards per attempt last year when he was starting. And, you know, look, you can make an argument that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is not the GOAT, you know, that he's not the, the what he was at the end of 2017 when he was just fantastic. Got those fantastic. blonde tips now, though. Yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but this is an offense that's got some good players. It's got George Kittle. It's got a, a cast of interesting receivers. It's got good players in the backfield. It's got a pretty solid offensive line. And this is, again, a proven Play caller. And what do almost all of these receivers do, Matt? They get yards after the catch. Yeah, and what does and that do separation. for a quarterback's numbers? Boosts it. Pads them. That is right. You don't have to like Jimmy G, but when you look at the weapons at his disposal, his numbers will be inflated whether you like it or not. And, and here's the thing. We're saying numbers inflated. We're talking QB 16 here. Like, True. In a, in a regular 12-team league, you're not even drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. We're saying that he... I think he has a viable path to outkicking tier four, but we're not betting on it. You know, we're not we're not betting on him over guys like Jameis Winston or Ben Roethlisberger or something like that. I have Lamar Jackson higher. He is my favorite QB two value pick. I agree. I agree. You can get him super late along with Lamar Jackson, although I think like the preseason action, like you can get Garoppolo later. So if you're in a two quarterback league. Man, he to me is such a crazy value as your number two. I've yeah, yeah, I mean, I have him as a priority streamer, which is what this tier four of quarterbacks is. Priority streamer. Priority streamer. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm Drew Brees is at the top of that tier. Don't tell anyone though. I mean, tell everybody because he's trash. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm gonna get it now. Do you like any other? Are you betting on any of the receivers here? Or are you like? Well, just I think we talked away? about them last week. Other than Kittle, I mean, we, Dante Pettis has had his struggles in camp that are he was been put on very notice. concerning. He, yes. We put him on notice, right? We did put him on notice. Um, but I want to move to the NFC West. And I don't, We're if you want, I mean, I want to move to Seattle. I want to move to Seattle within the NFC West. I don't want to talk about Russell Wilson unless you've got some big feelings. No. Fantastic. Um, but I do want to talk about Tyler Lockett because it's an opportunity for us to not agree. Oh, all right. Hit me with it. Well, you hit me first. I mean, you're the, you're the president of the Truther Club. What's, there's nothing not to like about his outlook this year. Literally nothing not to like. You really think he's going to hit double-digit touchdowns again? No, I don't think he But he doesn't have to. He can get seven to eight and still pay back where he's going in draft. All right, so I have him projected for six. Yeah, I mean, whoops, he do. Like, he's not going to catch as many passes. He's not going to get 70-something targets again. He's the clear – like, we're talking DK Metcalf might not play. And, like, oh, man, that's a big loss. The rest of this – there's just a bunch of goofballs on the rest of this roster. Like, Tyler Lockett is a – this is the thing. His statistics from last year are certainly going to regress. I don't care because the opportunity boost will certainly buoy that. But also, he he wasn't that productive by freaking accident. That's not how football works. He was that productive because he's good. Good player. He's been good. He's He's been. He's always been good. Listen, who liked him more coming out of college, Matt? You or me? You. Right. That I can look at his, I can look at his opportunity this year and look at what he did last year and feel like the truthers are just like told you so in it, and they're told you so in it so hard that they're boosting his his draft capital. But where I mean, he's I don't think he's even right now. So let's see. He's wide receiver twenty one. You tell me he can't be like wide receiver seventeen. Uh, I mean, I have him. Can... I have him at eighteen. 
in the same tier as Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin, Tyler right. Boyd. So you just Cooper talked Co- about Tevin receivers. Coleman. Who are you taking? He's going in the fifth round. Are you taking Tyler Lockett or are you taking Tevin Coleman? Well, it completely depends on team construction. Well, you're the one who's been harping about between rounds five and eight. That's there's what I'm no saying. running so, backs so, available. So if I've taken Actually, that's kind of tough. That's a really good, yeah, that's a, it's a good, a good question, question because if I've taken early running backs, I like I like Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver too. I like him even better as a wide receiver three because you know he's going to have spike weeks. I think there's a t- it really does depend on the tier cliff because there's like Tevin Coleman represents the last in a tier for me before it gets disgusting at running back. It's not the same when you're looking at tiers with with wide receivers like. There's still guys, you know, Calvin Ridley might go around later. You know, even guys in my tier five. So that was my picture. But Calvin Ridley's going around the same place, according to ADP. But I'd much rather have Tyler Lockett. You would. So where do you have Calvin? So I have Tyler Lockett as my wide receiver 25. (sighs) He's going to outkick 25. And I have Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver 20. I have have Ridley as 21 and Tyler Lockett at 18. So, But I think a round separates them. I think Lockett's a fourth-round pick. Like, if we liked Doug Baldwin all these years, what's not to like about Tyler Lockett? I mean, they're different players. No, I mean, they're going to have the same role. And I would I would argue that Tyler Lockett presents more explosive ability. But you can't look at Tyler Lockett's numbers last year and say that they are indicative of what will be this year no, because Doug no Baldwin wasn't even no playing to his full potential. No it's like barely alive. No one's arguing. No one is arguing that— He had a that, top 15 finish last year. Right, but no one is arguing with a broken ass Doug Baldwin. But no one is arguing that last year's numbers, from an efficiency perspective, are what we're basing our thoughts on Tyler Lockett this year. But opportunity wise, Baldwin being completely out of the picture is a big difference than having him even there hobbled. So I will say that at, that DK Metcalf's concerns have me pulling back from the Tyler Lockett non take a little bit because when you have two big-bodied receivers that can high point. I don't think that Tyler... I'm not just, like, arguing his explosiveness or his playmaking ability, but he is on a run-focused team. Yep. And we've talked about Chris Carson and Rashad, Rashad Penny to the nth degree, and I, I just don't... What's your projection for him? I'm just pulling that up right now. I have met 104 targets, 73 catches, 1,043 yards, and seven touchdowns. Okay. I have met 52 catches, 811 yards, and six touchdowns. So significantly. stunned if he finishes with under 900 yards, if he stays healthy for a full 16 right. games. So there you have it. I mean, we just, we don't agree on we this We don't guy. agree on this one. It's shocking. Sad it happens to have to, has to happen with such a wonderful player. Um, or at least he's, at least he's better. He's going to outkick Rashad Perryman this year, Liz. I mean, <laughs> you feel free to own that one, babe. So I asked Matt a question. He answered it. We talked a little bit. You guys had a question, and you left it on the voicemail. I believe it's about Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, we're talking about receivers who can high point it, guys who can jump up and catch the ball, maybe in an exciting fashion. Here we go. Matt, Liz, and producer Brett, how are you today? Enjoy listening to you guys. First time caller. I wanted you know I wanted you to, to put your opinion in on this. Um, I find myself staying away from OBJ in the first round in favor of Devonte Adams, Hopkins, Thomas, and even Juju, based on the fact that every time that I see OBJ play, some DB is getting under his skin. He's throwing a tipper tantrum, and I just feel that he's kind of risky in that capacity. This is a horrible voicemail, and I'm going to try take two. I wonder what you guys do with these uh, bad ones. Hmm. Hope I don't find out. I will say, listener, I quite enjoyed your voicemail. Well, I, you're I about thought, to find out. I thought I thought voicemail number two wasn't as charming, so I played this one. Oh. That's charming. It's charming. I thought this one was charming. Yeah. OBJ. Uh, so I think. I, I mean, uh, I don't know if I care as much. I'm, I, I I feel like I can't complain about takes that involve temper tantrums when I went on a riff about Antonio Brown being a narcissistic maniac last week. I'm glad you said it and I didn't have to. I mean, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. We definitely are totally fine walking down Narrative Street on this podcast. But I think it's worth discussing whether, where do you find Odell Beckham in your personal preference rankings? So my personal rankings are different than my professional rankings. I think Wait, we can what? all admit what do you mean? that that's true. Aren't there guys that you have ranked that you're like, I'm still like, I have to rank him someplace, but I don't really want him on a squad. 
I think that would be reflected in my tiers, not rankings. Of course, I don't professionally rank. So I have OBJ number four. (laughs) I don't really want to have him on a team, not because of temper tantrums, because I will I will I am hoping and buying into the fact that the ecosystem in Cleveland is not as frustrating as Mm -hmm. perhaps it was in New York. Yeah. And therefore, the net kicking will be subdued. It is certainly in his range of possible outcomes. I'm mostly in mostly concerned about um, his lower leg issues. That I think is worth worrying about. Like, I think if you're going to break ties in, against Beckham with some of these other elite receivers, I think that would be the thing that you you do worry about because that has been a somewhat recurring issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty much since he hit the NFL. Now, I see, I agree with you that, like, I remember thinking when Beckham got traded out of New York, like, Again, we're talking total, you know, heuristics, narratives, whatever. Like, I really thought, like, this could be the best thing that ever happened to him. And then he actually ended up coming out and saying that. Like, this is sure. this could be the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, yeah, get the hell out of that awful media market with these clowns and John Mara and Eli Manning. And, oh, yeah, get the hell out of that stuff. Like, I don't think – no one ever wants to feel bad. Isn't it funny, though, that Cleveland is the salvation of all the cities? Like, life comes at you fast. Oh, yeah, right. Right. No, for sure. Wouldn't have said that like 365 days ago. But the thing is, like beyond just even beyond from a football perspective, like I know no one out there wants to feel bad for millionaires who get to play. You get to pay for play for a kid's game and get paid a bunch of money to do it, whatever. But I think there's a lot that got thrown onto Odo Beckham's life sphere that just wasn't expected like i don't i don't think people really and i remember when i met him at the um one of those verizon events that we that we had last year and like he we had a candid conversation with the whole crew about like he said that the catch like the catch was the best and worst thing that has ever happened to him he could spin it both ways because obviously like it's the best thing that ever happened to him it launched him into a stratosphere of superstar you know that's like kids know who Odell Beckham is kids don't know who like I don't know some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL are like he's popular with Gen Z which we hear about all the time here work is the audience that we're supposed to be marketing to but like most football players are not they're not recognizable so in that case you could say that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to him but it also puts him on a like radar media level that is beyond what most can comprehend like everything he does is scrutinized every Mm -hmm. time it's on the sideline it's 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 a it's a talking point so i think that you can say getting away from all that might end up being like from the temper tantrum perspective the best thing that ever happened to him and and we might like we might see a personality wise a totally different odell beckham simply because he's in a different environment that's true with almost all of us so i and and from a football perspective i do love the range of outcomes here like you can easily i think if any wide receiver has like 20 touchdowns in his range of outcomes i think it's odell beckham and that's it where do you have him ranked wide receiver number two Two. I have only Adams ahead of ahead Julio. Of, yes, I have him ahead of Hopkins. I have him ahead of Julio. I have, well, I have my tier. My tier one is Adams, Beckham, Hopkins. Then it ends. Then it goes to tier two. But I have Adams is the one who I've I've said all off season. Have Adams is number one. Ain't too. changed my opinion on that one, Liz. Nope, no flip flopping yet. Wide receiver one all the way through, and then Beckham is two because again, I think he's the alpha of this offense. Clearly, um, his buddy Jarvis Landry, not even close. He's on notice per Josh. I, and I think that Beckham is just such an appealing talent. He's in such a perfect situation. He's paired with an ascendant young quarterback and not a dead carcass for the first time in his career. I think that we might not really be comprehending how special this could be. I think that that is a, a, a fair ceiling perspective. I have him number four because we've also talked about the potential of this defense turning over. Mm-hmm. The potential of the entire offense having to become more efficient. Right. Maybe leaning on the run, which is why Nick Chubb has become like the hashtag my guy for yeah, this season. Which I love that take, too. And the injury stuff does concern yep. me. He already has a hip yep. issue right now. I am with you on the temper tantrum. Uh, the, the, everything I've heard from anyone who has met him, I have not, has been, wow, I was really surprised at how mature he was. Yeah. Like what a what a fully form evolved human he was, which is not reflective of the way that no. he has been represented in the media. So to your uh, to answer your question, voicemail lever. Listener, um, <laughs> temper tantrums, not so much. Injuries, offense, those are more concerned. Like I said, I have a wide receiver four. Matt has a wide receiver two. If you don't want to draft him, though, 
don't draft him. Yeah, there's so many appealing receiver picks to make at that turn. And that is where, like, if I have a pick between, I don't know, 8 and um, 12, I'm targeting receiver, receiver there mostly. Receiver and then thinking about it on the um, coming back. But it's really really appealing to go, like, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas or Odell Beckham and Juju. Like, pairing two of those guys up at the round one, two turn is pretty damn juicy. If you have other questions, you should leave us a voicemail as well. You can call us back and leave a message at 888-85-YAHOO, 888-85-YAHOO. We will be back at the end of the week with a special guest, another special guest, and we're going to talk auction strategy. So for those of you who keep asking me how much to spend on Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, ETC, then um, our guest will have some very, I'm sure, strong opinions. Matt, you still have the Rookie Orientation podcast coming along, right? We talked about Kyler Murray in this episode, and that's who our featured player was this week. So good timing by Brett. I'll give him all the credit for totally his idea to put the episode out on Monday. If you want to, if you're liking the show, we like to hear nice things. Thank you for all the tweets, by the way. We really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, I wanted to start, like I've gotten so many very nice DMs about the show and how much you guys like it and appreciate it. So thank you. But also, if you want to take those thoughts and put them on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Maybe leave a couple five-star reviews as well. We'd appreciate that. Maybe, Brett, can we get like a contest going? So if people do that, we can like give, we can show our affection in a material way since this is how people, people always want to get actual things because we're living in that kind of world. Maybe we maybe we should maybe I should pitch this off air, but what about a listener league where we fill the spots? So Matt's with, interested in um being the commission on a listener I'm league. I'm not interested in being the commission. Yeah. Oh, so Matt's oh, gonna do a listener already, league. No, 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 wait, 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 I will not do one of those, but your boy Matt, I mean you should probably bake it into your whole very current Facebook page thing. Wait, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be in the listener league. Okay, maybe we'll discuss this offline. Maybe we discuss this offline. But we can definitely send some swag. I'll come up with a plan. Leave a review and um, get in a league with Matt Harmon as the commish. Maybe. Maybe. No. Maybe. It's happening What about best ball? That's pretty low lift. You can follow him at Matt Harmon (laughs) underscore BYB. That stands for I'm going to be your commish now. No, it doesn't. Or you can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF where boundaries are clear. 